asked me to pray. Um, I says, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So at like the last second he came up to me, I'm going to steal your thunder and I'm going to go out and pray. So, but that was awesome. I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. So I want to start off today by saying, welcome to church. How many of you are happy to be here today? All right, all right. All right, that sets me up because I thought Brad made it a little bit tense coming out with that singles and couples deal. And I, I swear he's just trying to make it worse for me. So anyway, now, welcome to church. My name, um, most of you know me, some of you may not. My name is Elijah Hollenbaugh. I'm the student director here at Crossroads Bible Church. Um, and through August, we've been talking about sharks. Um, now, I'm not a big fan of sharks. I don't know why Pastor Tim asked me to speak on sharks because, no, I don't, I don't do the, the shark. I know, I know someone who wants to go to uh, South America, I believe, to go swimming with, the, swimming with the fishes, swimming with the sharks. I said, God bless you. You can have fun, man. I said, I ain't getting in no cage. I'm not going to no ocean with those sharks. Have fun. Um, so today I want to talk to you about the hammerhead shark. Now, the hammerhead shark, as you know, is one of the weirdest looking sharks because of his hammer-looking head. Uh, there's many different species, but, you know, that's the general one of where they got the name from. And I hope today about talking about this hammerhead shark that it would be a different way to, for you to think and feel about the way that life throws us into um, what the hammerhead shark does, you know, life kind of relates to that. Um, and one cool thing about the, or not, I guess not cool, but one thing about the hammerhead shark is it loves stingrays. And whenever it goes to feed on its stingrays, it finds them in the bottom of the sand floor because that's where they like to hide. And it comes up and it pins them down with their hammer head and holds them there and takes bite after bite at them until it's either all gone or dead. So I'm sure dead happens before it's all gone. And it keeps it pinned down on the sand floor and eats it while it's alive. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like life had this, you're just sitting on the floor being held down by life and it takes a chunk out of you? and you're just sitting there bleeding out in pain, whether that chunk might be losing your job, whether that chunk might be financial stress, whether that chunk being not getting your dream job, or maybe that chunk is getting your dream job and it not being like a real dream and not making you happy. Losing a friend to a big fight, losing, I mean, it can be whatever. It's big chunk, little chunk, lose your house. Truth is, we all go through that. We all have this time where we're pinned down and life takes a giant chunk out of us. Um, and I hope today that after I read these next few verse, verses and uh, tell you a little bit about, you know, me and everything, I hope today that it can help you. So I want to talk to you about Job. Now, Job, some of you may know him, some of you may not. But Job was the kind of guy, he was blessed with a lot. I mean, he had a big house, lots of kids, big farm, big barn, lots of animals, lots of servants. He had the whole nine yards. He had everything, man, for back in the day, I guess. And one thing about Job is he honored God. He knew where he stood. He was, he was humble, and God was very good to him. In chapter 1, you kind of start off, I'm just going to give you a brief brief setup here. That way we're not going in the dark. Devil met up with God and said, you know, Job, your servant, the guy who you've been so good to, 
devil made the accusation that the only reason that Job follows you is because how good you've been to him. So I'm sure God's sitting there shaking his head like, okay, you can think whatever you want, man. So the devil made the accusation. He said, let me take everything away from him and he will curse you. So God said, all right, but if you lay a finger on him, you're dead type deal. So fast forward a few chapters or 13 to be exact. You get to chapter 13. And I mean, he had, you know, I believe his house fell down on him. His barn burned up. He lost all of his servants. I mean, he lost everything. The only thing he has now is his counselors or also translated as his friends. And up until verse 13 of chapter 13, they're telling him like, Job, you know, you, you need to confess your sin, your, your hidden sins. This, this is why that God's doing this, all that he did to you. It's because of this hidden sin that you have and you need to confess it. And Job keeps telling him like, no, I don't, I don't have a hidden sin. I, I, I don't. And it keeps going back and forth. So finally, in verse 13, oh, this is so good. Job says this. He says, be silent now and leave me alone. It's basically shut up. I mean, <laughs> that's how I would tell him. He says, be silent now and leave me alone. Let me speak and I will face the consequences. Verse 14. Why should I put myself in mortal danger and take my life in my own hands. Now this next verse, um, uh, last Sunday I decided, you know, about four o'clock, like what verse I was gonna use because I saw it and I thought, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. The next day, it's in mom's devotional. The day after that, it's on the radio. So, and I believe it was, it showed up somewhere the next day. So it was definitely one of those God things. In verse 15, and this is so powerful. If you don't listen to, if you don't get anything else from what I say, that's fine, but I want you to listen to this. Verse 15 says, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I'm going to argue my case with him. And then verse 16, but this is what will save me. I am not godless. If I were, I could not stand before him. Verse 15 is so powerful. It says, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. If you're following in your Bible, make sure you circle that or bookmark it if, you're having the, if you use the Bible app. Do something, because that's such an important verse. That is literally the key verse to everything. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. Last year in mid-June of 2016, we were coming up on the 4th of July weekend. Plan was to have this big shindig, man, I'm telling you. It's going to be awesome. Going to have lots of family, lots of friends over. It's going to be awesome. Lots of food. We're going to have some crabs, a couple bushel of crabs. It's going to be an awesome weekend. We're supposed to have that July 2nd, a Saturday. Friday morning, we wake up. I wake up at 20 after 6 every morning on Friday. And I went, and at the time, I cleaned the church. So I'd get up, and I'd come here, and I'd clean. My dad, I believe he took off work that day to come in and mow. That way he didn't have to mow on the weekend, and we could just have a good time. So I cleaned the church, and he kind of got to a point where we could stop. And we went, and we had to go, I believe, pick something up from Pastor Tim's house. I believe it was a floor sander that we let him borrow. 
think that's what it was. Coming back, and we were hungry. We were starving. So what better place to stop than, now I'm not a big fan of Chinese, but the Chinese buffet right there in People's Plaza. Had a good old lunch, and the one thing me and my dad have, man, banana pudding. There's always room for banana pudding. And whoever does not like banana pudding, oh, man, I don't know. You, you don't know what you're missing out on, I'm telling you. So that was the last thing we ate because we always have room for banana pudding. Came back to the church. I told dad, I said, I'll hop on the mower and finish up. So he started edging. Now, if you don't know what edging is, it's basically like cutting a line into the dirt. Really, really cool. But not fun. Not fun at all. So he was doing that, and I was finishing up mowing. I look over, and, you know, I just see his truck parked alongside of the church building. So I just kept on mowing. Finally got done mowing. It was about um, quarter after four, 25 after four. Go up to the truck and looked like dad was sleeping. So I told him, I said, come on, dad, it's time to get up. You know, weekend's starting, you know, ready to get some crabs tomorrow and have an awesome day. No response. So I said it again. I said, come on, dad, you got to... Got to quit sleeping. You got to wake up. Come on, sleeping beauty. Didn't wake up. Um, promised myself I wouldn't cry. I'd try to go over this a million times, so I didn't cry. Then, on, then he mumbled under his breath. Four words. Four words that didn't want to hear. So I'm having a heart attack. Um, with very quick response. I called 911, um, talking to the uh, 911 person. Can't think of his name. You know, he's telling me, you know, do all this, do all this. I'm doing to the best of my ability of what I know how to do because I'm panicking. Finally, the medics show up. Told me to put him on his back, so I did. And I walked away. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't see it, couldn't watch it. I tried to call my mom, but she was in a doctor's appointment. I tried calling her twice because I didn't think, I forgot she was in a doctor's appointment. Called my brother Levi, but he didn't pick up because he was changing oil in the van, work van. So I called my brother, who's an EMT up in Lancaster. And he answered. I told him what was going on. So... He's rushing down in his car. He finally got a hold of Levi. And Levi came up. I called Keith Henry, which I believe called Mark Sid and Pastor Tim. They all met me up here. At 5.06, the medics came over. And they said, it's been 30 minutes. We did all we could do. That right there, man, there's nothing worse than feeling pinned down and taking a bite. That's what I felt like. I felt like a giant chunk just got ripped out. It's been one year, <clears throat> one month, and 20 days 
that I said goodbye to my dad, that my family said goodbye. There are two things that I learned from that. Now, this is my two points. The first one is this. In that year, one month and 20 days, there's not been a moment, a day, a second where God has not had his cage of protection around me. When you're in the water, the sharks want to get you. They want to pin you down. They want to eat you. You might get bumps, you might get bruises. Heck, you might even lose a hand. But never once does, God, does God's cage fail. Never. You're going to get hit. You're going to get bit. But God's not going to let you go. We had the funeral. And the funeral cost, I'll just tell you, was $5,500. So the church graciously, obviously, did an offering for us to help pay for the funeral. And one of the blessings was, was we got a check that next week from you guys that gave to the church to help for the funeral bill. That was $5,500. We got $5,600 from you guys. This morning, Scott Wolf came up and he told my mom, he said, I got something for you. He said, he said you know, not, but not without a hug. So they gave him a hug. And every Sunday since that day, we get one, we get two, sometimes we get three $50 gift cards to Walmart to help pay for groceries. That's you guys. That's been a blessing. My dad, he worked his butt off a lot. And any of you who know him know that. And because of that, the girls get a chunk of social security so that they can buy a car. Or in Juliana's case, a horse. And then a car. Or a truck to haul her horse. I <laughs> then I've got to deal with it. But now they have that opportunity. And the second one... It's the suckiest one. It's the hardest to do. Number two is trust them. I know you guys have heard this before. If he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. And to be honest, one year, one month, and 20 days, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. I'm learning. I wake up sometimes. I don't want to get out of my bed. I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm sad. I'm, I didn't get through it yet. Yesterday, we're cleaning up the house because we're having a, Lydia wanted to like a game day for a birthday party. So we're going and we've been fortunate enough to buy um, piece of, pieces of equipment that dad rented out to the company. So we have one of those sitting at the house and we used it to move a pile of wood, pile of wood. Well, if you guys don't know, it rained a lot. Okay. And there's a trailer sitting in between that and a creek bed. 
with a 20 foot board on it with about 10 feet in between that trailer and the creek, you can imagine what my brother Jacob did. He got that 8,000 pound machine stuck in the creek. So what are we doing? Pulling it out. And the whole time, you know, we're thinking, you know, oh man, what would dad tell us today? What were you thinking? And then he'd come back about 20 minutes later and say, I'm sorry for yelling, but you got to think. <laughs> Me and my brother said it at the same time, so you know it's true. You got to trust him. You got to trust God. There are some days that it's very hard to trust him. It's very difficult. It feels impossible sometimes to trust him. But you got to do it. It's the hardest but most rewarding thing that you could ever do. So when you do trust him, oh my gosh, the floodgates of heaven open, man, I'm telling you. Going through a situation right now, I can't go into detail about it. But, and I don't know why I'm going through it. I don't know why family's going through it. But I got to trust him. That he knows better than I'll ever know. And that he's got a better plan than I could ever think to offer. God's got his cage of protection around you. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you go. And it's not going to break. But you got to trust him. Trust is as, as a, not a once-in-a-life decision. It's an every second-of-the-day decision that you have to decide, that I have to wake up and say, I'm going to trust him today. Yesterday, I sat right here. Last night, I came in, and I prayed. I said, God, you know, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I got to trust you. So what else am I going to do? Just like in Job 13, verse 15, What's, worse, what's, what's, what's the worst God's going to do? Kill me and I go to heaven? I got to trust him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today.